In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and communities. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to another episode of In the Spirit of Spinning Yarn. I'm Akashika Mohula. This episode is recorded in 2021 lockdown era in Australia. There's a saying that goes, success does not happen overnight. It's when every day you get better than before. It all adds up. But with my next guest today, this surely is at its best. And I could not think of a more appropriate, more inspirational, more kick-ass woman to be by my side today as we talk about linkages, celebration of those cultural connections, the soft silk route to the hearts of diplomacy and an electrifying migrant journey that is now the force of diversity and inclusion. Today my guest is one of my closest friends, Sonia Sati Gandhi, who is the founder and director of Gandhi Creations, who has forged an unparalleled entrepreneurship in the events and marketing sector and she has done this over years with lots of poise, grace and often in high heels. With over 600 events under her belt and the linkages to be proud of, Sonia's journey is enormous. So what does life and business in lockdown looks like for Sonia? The gospel she banks on for staying resilient and serving the New South Wales multicultural community as the Australia Day Ambassador and on the board of Multicultural New South Wales, apart from many other institutions. How Sonia and Gandhi Creations have had to innovate new ways of working and driving the self-reliance motto and all the excitement ahead with the India-Australia Business Community Awards that's to come next, along with FOMA, which is Fashions of Multicultural Australia. In this disruptive world, as we are all finding ways to rediscover ourselves and the ways we operate. It has been delightful to have this yarn with Sonia, who left India over two decades back and has created a niche life for herself and her young family. She joins me today after helping her 90-year-old neighbour clean the windows in the neighbourhood. Sonia is here with me, so please let's welcome Sonia Sadiganti to this podcast. Sonia, welcome to the Diaspora podcast and in the spirit of spinning yarns. It's such a delight to have you with us. So tell me, Sonia, how has it been for you in lockdown? What have you been up to? Thank you so much, Akashika. It is an honor indeed to be featured on uh, the Diaspora through Wired News Global Media and Advisory. How have I been? Um, look, lockdown has been very interesting. We've all got to do what we've got to do as moral citizens to be able to get past this global pandemic and have a bit of a breather. But honestly, the priorities since March uh, 2020 last year, I remember my last event 
big event was on 8th of March when it was the Australia playing India for the T20 2020 World Cup women's um, match. Yeah, in Melbourne, it was 87,143 people. My, my, that was a big crowd. And when you talk these sorts of numbers now, you kind of think, was that in my own lifetime or was that like decades ago? But it's well, how interesting how uh, we as humans are so agile and adaptive. Um, so I think to answer your question, it has been a very interesting ride, both from a personal and a professional as a social entrepreneur point of view. But it, it, it has its ups and downs, but it certainly helps you reset the rhythm and reset your priorities of life. So it, I, I must say, I shouldn't be complaining too much. You hardly complain, Sonia. You are always an epitome of optimism, <laughs> <laughs> like a fresh breath of energy. So tell us something about your Indian journey, you know. How was it for you? We know you're Australian, but how was it for you growing up as uh, Sonia in India and what values from those Indian genes you think have helped you achieve so much success and so much perseverance as well? Yeah, I mean, look, that's such a good question and a very big part of World Proud to even have a um, beautiful um, yarn with you is the fact that, you know, 50 years ago, if you think about it, I actually would not look anything like what we see for an Australian to look like. I am a very, very proud Australian Indian, and I'm just one of the million migrants, I guess, that are increasingly becoming a very large part of Australia's diverse society. And the multicultural identity, particularly from an Indian diaspora perspective, is significant in Australia with nearly one million people of Indian heritage here. So when I uh, was in India, of course, the values growing up, I was very uh, close to my father the exceptional values of forgiveness, kindness, but most importantly, gratitude is what I have bought along with the cultural and heritage, I guess, diversity that India gives you wherever you look in every beautiful nook and corner of India. That diversity of culture, heritage and tradition is rooted. And when you move from your motherland, it is an interesting thing because you don't realize how much of that you take to a new country. And how much of that you share, those values you share, uh, what you were taught, um, you know, when you were little. So as a, as a CEO of a multi-award winning uh, events and marketing company, Gandhi Creations, I feel that in my day-to-day role, my growing up in India has a, plays a significant role in my success and the challenges and how resilient I have been in facing those challenges through my personal and business journey. So it has been uh, an exceptional journey so far as a very proud Australian Indian living in Sydney, Australia uh, for over two decades now, really, Akashika. That's an amazing journey, Sonia. And as you continue to weave the beautiful multicultural fabric of Australia, share with us what those challenges have been for you, where you've had to uh, really testify your own strength, courage, resilience, perseverance, all those values that you learned from India, both personally and professionally. I think that's, um, you know, as migrants, as students, as someone that... uh, moves to a new country, the challenges come as part of the journey. And that's what I always say. They are part and parcel of your growing up here as uh, a migrant. And that is what enriches 
the real um, journey that you have as a migrant. I'll just take a step back and give the uh, listeners a bit of an overview of how multicultural Australia is, because I know you have a very global audience. So the stats, I sit on a on, on, on the board of Multiple New South Wales, which is the peak body or government agencies that builds and maintains a cohesive and harmonious multicultural society across all lives of people that live in New Wales. Here we have uh, people that come from over 307 ancestries, speak 215 languages and dialects, and follow 148 different villages. Isn't that interesting to even just note that? When you come to Australia, you don't realise that initially. But through my work done with communities over the years, it's been amazing to, yes, face those challenges, but also it's great to share the rich story that you bring from your motherland, in my instance, India, to Australia, and also discovering what it truly means to be an Australian. You know, 24 years ago when I arrived, the mindset that I have now is very different to what I came with. Now I'm, I'm well and truly, um, you know, within the business sphere, well and truly within the entrepreneurship sphere, but I didn't get there easily. I mean, there's so many different challenges that you face. But I must say, if you're open to acceptance, if you are open to integrating into a new society, most importantly, if you are patient with that journey, the challenges are a few, not so many, but they're very, very to note. It is actually true, Sonia, that you are the leading Australian of Indian heritage who's a true trailblazer, ambassador of both these two nations, the two most important Commonwealth nations of our times. Uh, it's, it's, it gives me enormous pride and pleasure to always watch how beautifully, elegantly, classily, with all you know, spheres from highs to lows, as you say, you bring out those beautiful events through your Gandhi creations, be it Aipka, which has been one of the iconic events of Australia, and Wasabi, and Foma, and many more. So share with us, how was it for you just thinking about all these beautiful ideas and how you would integrate people, etc. Yeah, that's a really uh, wonderful question, Akashika. And I'm also a very strong believer of uh, uh, finding the gaps in the market. And when I talk on leadership uh, uh, conversations informally, uh, at various occasions, I always say, you always have to find your niche. Everyone has something in them that's unique, exceptionally unique. And you have to use that as a selling key selling point. When I arrived here 24 years ago, I noticed that there was a, a real disconnect uh, around the corporate community and government sector in the diversity and inclusion space. And that is where the birth of Gandhi Relations came. Because for over a decade, I have created, along with my teams, sustainable platforms like you say, which you just mentioned, thank you for that, in response to business, social and cultural needs of our and that is why they're sustainable platforms. But if I take a bit of a moment to provide a macro picture, I think many Australians, Akashika, like yourself as well, are very lucky to live their entire lives in a country that prides itself on mateship. And I'll tell you why I'm bringing this up. It's very interesting in Australia. Something that I observed is Australians pride themselves on mateship. They support one another and uplift one another when the other person's doing it. And for someone like myself who migrated here after growing up abroad, 
this deep-rooted sentiment of what meant to be Australian was such an observable change also in my professional work in the platforms that I create through my work. And something that played a major role in making sure that I called Australia home. And of course, now I find myself in a place where people would actively take pride in their willingness to support one another through hardship and adversity, thereby fostering resilience, like you said. On the topic of resilience, I just want to spend a moment. I recently had the privilege of being invited to the Australia Day Address and heard from the Australian of the Year, uh, Shane Fitzsimmons. I'm sure most of the Australians know of him, Commissioner Shane Fitzsimmons, who is now the CEO of Resilience New South Wales, a fabulous leader and a wonderful human. What he said truly resonated with me. He said, in my role as CEO of Resilience New South Wales, which is an organisation, mind you, he said, I've often been asked, what is it and how do we build resilience? He said, to me, resilience is built on life experience, whether they be personal, family, workplace, friends, or community, the stresses, the disruptions, the trauma, the emergencies, and the disasters. Resilience is key to fighting through such grim times, and it sits at the heart of the Australian spirit. And why I mentioned this to you is because these sustainable parties that have been created, like the IAPCAs, Wasabis, and Fabrics of Multicultural Australia, and so many more, I've got over 567 events under my belt, are created through these key values, such as resilience and finding the gaps. But let me tell you, when I arrived in Australia, I didn't come here and say, oh, this is what exactly what I want to do. It was finding that niche and, and, and finding the opportunities that lied within those gaps and then building that business. And I'd love, Vakashika, to talk a little bit more about IABCA, which is the India Australia Awards platform, which is one of the largest platforms that connects the Australia-India relationship. I think that platform has grown from strength. Delighted to let our uh, listeners know that it's actually going to India in 2023 January. So lots of exciting. Another opportunity that people have to engage across who are artists and designers across the creative sector is something called Fabric Social Australia that is supported by Department of So basically, again, providing an economic opportunity, a sustainable opportunity to the creative sector, which are really hurting, I must say, at the moment because of COVID-19, around how to build your brand, how to be um, self-sufficient and manufacture, you know, your own either clothing, fabrics, textile, whatever they do in whichever space they are, and promoting that through FOMA. And those are the few sort of opportunities that we provide to the communities, within the communities, through Gandhi Creations as well. So we are in a world of isolationism, you know, and uh, especially 18 months down the line since we have started living and adapting uh, in, in COVID-19 era, we have understood that domination really goes a long way. And these are the days of collaboration, partnerships, and uh, basically in the hope for good for the world. So COVID has really changed the way sector, industry, and uh, nations, the way they operate. Self-reliance is is the number one key. Talking Mm. about all those, Sonia, tell me, what did you have to innovate in your industry to thrive through this? And what did you have to change to keep the wheel churning? You know, I love talking about this and I could spend hours on this topic. Um, you know, businesses 
it's very easy to say businesses have to be agile, adaptive, but your question is so to the point. It's how though, you know, everyone says be agile, you know, adapt to things, adapt to a pandemic. It is very, very difficult, specifically if you're in retail. With us, because we do, we have a calendar of about 35 to 40 events annually, and we had to very quickly, very, very quickly think on our feet. The first thing we had to do, and I don't like going into the detail of how we went from a physical event to hybrid and virtual. I like talking about basics. You know, basics make businesses work. The basics being first thing I learned and taught my team, gave them the tools, was learn to work from home. And I, I will tell you, the first three months, we all struggled. It was very hard to set the tone from home because no one had globally ever done it. And if you can adapt to that, which most of us across the globe now have, everyone comfortably does it. I mean, do you remember those times, Akashika, I'm sure you do, where you would get on a Zoom call and people would say, Could you, can you see me? Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. Can you see me? And everyone in a Zoom call, my whole team would go, yes, you're actually eating a bag of chips or you're doing this right now. And it would be hilarious. So what I'm saying is we we got the basics right from the start to ensure that we were um, building on a very strong foundation because we didn't know. I mean, everyone thought this would go away. But we said, look, if we're going to start working from home, how about we start to take this seriously and learn to have certain Uh, I guess, routines, you want to go for a run, you don't have to clock in and out, you go for a run, you come back, you're back at your desk. So that working from home created the foundation for the business to be sustainable because we had the same amount of productivity off and on. So offline and online. So when we were in the office and without being in the office. So that was the first step. The second step was to actually I started reading a lot of blogs. I started reading what was happening globally because Australia has been very, very blessed, right? We haven't had, um, you know, a tremendous amounts of infections or uh, deaths. In fact, we've been um, uh, we've, we've been able to the governments have been able to contain COVID nineteen, the global pandemic, quite well within Australia. So we were looking to countries, um, other countries that had more, um, uh, you know, of the infection rate on a daily basis and seeing how are they adapting. And very soon we learned there was a lot of technology out there that could actually help us work with virtual events, hybrid events. If we had 10 people in a, in a boardroom, then you another 300 online. So that is how we adapt. But also adapting to emotionally is very important, I think, not just internally. See, people always focus inwardly when they talk about the business journey. I'm talking outwardly, ensuring that you talk to your clients quite regularly and say, hey, how are you feeling? Because those are not the conversations that you have with your clients. Conversation we have with our clients is, of this event is on, who's the keynote speaker? Who's the MC? When are we on? When are we off? What are the run sheets? What's the MC script looking like? When is the technical direction looking like? When you pick up the phone with your clients and have a conversation about how they're feeling, outside of work with what's happening with the pain. It creates another solid sustainable foundation for years to come because you get to know them on a personal level. And I, those are the values I was talking about earlier. Those values were instilled in me um, through my mom and dad around the personal ability, you know, the, the, the empathy and ability to be able to 
understand people is so important before you do anything with them, business, relationships, friendships. I think that was also key to uh, sustaining the work that we do in our space through Gandhi Creations, Akashika. In the extended COVID era, when are we going to return with high heels to one of your events? (laughs) I love the high heels question. Gosh, that's so innovative, Akashika. (laughs) Um, to be honest, I look at my set of matching heels every single day, but I've got nowhere to go. So <laughs> I tell you what, <laughs> I can't wait to dust off um, my suits and clothing and get into that fabulous wear. In fact, the way around it, actually, I have set myself a goal. So on Fridays, I'm really getting it on even at home. So I've got my makeup going. I'm wearing really good clothes, not wearing the heels, but that's lovely. You know what? It makes such a big difference because you kind of feel great about yourself. You're not going anywhere, but you're doing it for yourself. And then you kind of, it's funny (laughs) initially when you start off doing your, your face and your, you know, get, get all jazzed up. You kind of think that's really silly, but you, when you start to do it quite regularly, it makes you feel amazing. You feel like you're part of something bigger And that is how I got around it. But let me tell you, I think we're not that far off from Mm -hmm. our um, high heel scenario, especially I love what you said. Oh, yeah. I love what you said around Australia managing the pandemic, that whole culture of care thing. I think we, uh, you know, it depends on the vaccination, but we, we don't have that long to go. In fact, even till recently, we were sort of getting together in smaller gatherings and you know, this too shall pass, I say. So can't wait to get those high heels on. And uh, But the makeup, that will still continue on every week <laughs> with or without the global pandemic. Thank God for Bobby Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Sonia, it's been such a delight to speak to you, like always. And uh, like I maintain, you truly, without any flattery, of course, you truly are a leading exemplary ambassador of Australia and India in so many ways. And uh, tell me, before we end this conversation today, what's up with I know it's so exciting Akashika so I the India Australia Business and Community Awards are now you know just growing organically they're of course supported by Investment New South Wales for the next three years so May 2022 they will be held um, at the Sydney Opera House May so the dates to this this is the first time I'm talking about it because I you have a very trusted platform and I trust that sharing this is a big news so we will be going to India in January 2023, um, and that will be in Mumbai. So stay tuned for some key dates to come through. But I think there would be at least a delegation of 100 going from Australia for that one, Akashika, and really, really looking forward to uh, having the blessings and encouragement, and of course, uh, the engagement of all your listeners across the IAB platform going forward. I can't wait to have the second job and get ready for all this coming. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sonia. <laughs> Thanks, Akashika. What a great opportunity and look forward to much more 